Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today we're going to talk about a very unique training tool. Let's get started. Sir, I will live with perseverance in the spirit of Taekwondo. Courtesy for fellow students. Integrity within myself and to become a black belt leader. Welcome to the ATA Nation podcast. ATA Nation, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 91. I am your host, Senior Master Zach Hayden. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard it, but if you listen back to the intro section real quick, you can hear my cat uh, meowing at the uh, most inappropriate time. But that's uh, what happens when you record from home. Today we have uh, a little longer episode for you, so I don't want to take much time beforehand. And uh, at the end, we'll just wrap it right up. But uh, we have an interview that is uh, completely out of the realm of, of our regular ATA stuff. Um, this is about uh, physical prep and training and things, and it's it's about a product that I came across. I, I'm not getting any kickback from this. I'm not uh, endorsing uh, anything like that. It's just a product that I thought was really neat and uh, could benefit us as martial artists. And I'm always looking for things to help us improve our skills, especially those of you out there that really want to take your training to the next level. So let's get right to the interview today. Special guest interview. We are back with a, a really neat guest today. Um, this is uh, Joe Dolcetti, um, and he's from a company that's doing something really neat that none of you have heard about, I'm sure, um, but I think just fits perfectly with martial arts. So uh, first, sir, thank you for joining us on um, the podcast. Um, can you give us just a quick introduction of who you are, and uh, then, then we'll get right into the product. Yeah, Zach. First, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I know you're over there in the U.S. I just left the U.S. I'm back here in Southeast Asia, where I've been over Asia side for about 23 years. I'm Joe. I'm a high-performance coach. I've spent the better part of 35 years training athletes around the world. Uh, I was originally in pro sport uh, and national team sport with team Can- with, in Canada, where I uh, grew up and lived, obviously, and um, worked in the NBA and the NHL. And I got an opportunity to run an Olympic program over in Asia for the 2000 Olympics in Sydney. And that was for oversee the national program for the Sydney Olympics out in uh, Malaysia, Singapore. I took that opportunity. I think it was a short, you know, two-year contract. It'd be great. I fell in love with Asia and I've been, been training and working with elite programs over here. And about 20 years ago, I... Uh, started playing with this idea of what we're talking about today. It was basically the concept. There's a guy out of the U.S. who was sort of the head of education for the NFL Combine, and he's one of the guys that we partnered with, and he sort of said it best. He said, you know, Joe, everybody in the world, every coach, every athlete, every sport has tried to figure out a way to 
put weight on the body, to glue weight on the body. And you figured it out. You said, now it's going to take us years to really figure out how to use that. And he was right because I, I started working on this over 20 years ago. And it first came to me training sprinters for the Athens Olympics. So we were prepping a group of guys for Athens Olympics 2004. And, and, and martial arts uh, athletes and people in the combat sports will understand this because speed is so critical, right? Mm-hmm. We were working with sleds and in martial arts, uh, you know, people use things, sandbags. We talked to race, wrist weights, dumbbells. We're always trying to get something from resistance. But the truth is most of the resistance tools that, have, that we're using were left over from an era of heavy weightlifting and bodybuilding. They weren't really sport design. And so I remember we were pulling sleds on the track. If you've ever seen these sleds they pull, they strap a big belt yep. around their body and they pull these sleds, right? And you end up becoming a cow rather than a cheetah, you know, <laughs> yes, a, an sir. ox. And, and, and so we were there and we were battling, you know, the, the athlete was battling the technical things of running, but this sled wouldn't allow them to do that. So it was like, run as fast as you can. But keep tall. Don't lose your posture. Don't lose this, which was almost impossible with 50 pounds of weight or 20 pounds of weight behind you at a different angle. And I, re- I literally remember thinking, if I could get the weight off that sled and onto the body so the athlete was just in control of the movement, then we didn't have a conversation. We just told the athlete, run as fast as you can, you know, with mm-hmm. a high knee or whatever specific movement. And that really sent me down a rabbit hole 20 years later now with a company that, I mean, yeah, we're, we're working with everybody from the USCPI to the, you know, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it's, it's at the elite level of sport because that's who we are. Um, it's, it's really taking off. And even just three days ago for you in the U.S., be, I think a lot of people would know there's a young lady there that just ripped up the world of speed, Shikari Richardson. Shikari is one of, I was just with her on the track about three weeks ago. And again, we weren't working on heavy weight. We were working on technical things because just for people to understand, once we put weight on the body, it started to become a coaching tool, not a weight, a weight training tool. And, and I think that's probably one of the most exciting things I've learned over these last two decades, working with what we call wearable resistance. And I think that's the thing. So um, the idea is that we are, uh, you guys use the term microloading. Um, so we're putting just yeah. small amounts of weight on, but in specific, you know, they're, they're in the right place on the body. You know, you're on the arms, whether it be forearm, higher on the arm, calves, higher on the, the legs, core. Um, and it's, it's small amounts of weights, which a lot of times, you know, uh, you get the the amateur athlete uh, or the beginner athlete, and they are just think about like, I just got to get strong. You know, I just got to, you know, Heavy. if I pull the sled, yeah. you know, I need to have, I should pull the sled because I, I, I will obviously run faster if I, if I have a sled behind me and I'm, I'm pulling a heavy weight, uh, I will learn to get better. You know, it will just get better. What yeah. is the, yeah. what's the idea behind or what's, wh- where's the micro loading really What's it doing? How's that working with the the athlete? Yeah, and I, those are that's a great question. And there's kind of two things that blew me away during this process. I mean, I was I came out of S and C, what they call strength and conditioning. So mm-hmm. you know, I had been doing that with athletes for years. Eventually, that worked into a higher level of knowledge of periodization and 
sort of long-term strategic management of planning, but it all comes down to this, came down the concept of like periodization, right? How do you progress the body over time? And so we really have understood that in the strength conversation in terms of heavy load. Like if you went to the mm-hmm. gym and you wanted to get your legs strong, so the first thing a trainer is going to do is some squat, some deadlift, some leg extension, some level of gym exercise. So the first thing you have to do is you have to teach them a new foreign activity. So now let's say you and I were talking about Muay Thai. Let's say you're a Muay Thai fighter and your coach says you're not strong enough. Now, the first thing we heard 30, 40 years ago is strong. So strong means anything strength is good. And we did that. We started lifting heavy weights and like even there was coaches teaching Muay Thai people how to do power cleans, you know, and squats. (laughs) But a Muay Thai. But you go to Thailand, as we were talking about now, and I've been there many times and worked with some of the best fighters, not only in the region, in the world. These people don't lift heavy weights because heavy weights don't equate to speed. And the strength they need is a very specific type of strength. Mm-hmm. And so that's so, so that was kind of, I knew that. And that was sort of why what I was trying to do is to get weight in the place that the strength mattered. And that once we got that on the body, we all, we all we realized, well, now we can't, because it's so specific to movement, we can't move away from technique or speed. And so as soon as you think about weight and speed and strength, one word comes to you. It has to be light because there's no person in the world who can move a heavy weight fast. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and for the audience, it's really important to understand what we mean by fast. If you're a combat athlete, you know what speed is. And you even know if I put a one pound dumbbell in your hand, you can move it fast relatively, but it is nowhere near the speed, nowhere near the speed you need in a competition or a kata or a form that a judge Mm -hmm. is impressed by. And so the very first thing that happened in this journey with micro loading is, and why we call it micro is I was starting to try and make a heavy vest, right? We came from heavy vest, heavy ankle weight, heavy wrist weight, heavy weight. And I, no matter what I did with the system, the weight always seemed to be too small because we were keeping it streamlined. We were keeping it light. And I literally was thinking, it's not going to work. It's too light. Nobody's going to want this. Every, you know, you, a weight vest weighs 30 pounds in the US. Yeah. How, is, how is three pounds going to matter? Or never mind pounds, how is five ounces going to matter? And then something magic happened. Because of who I am and what I do, I started putting this on literally some of the best athletes in the world, Olympic champions, world champions, high-speed athletes, and, and all the bells went off. Because when the athletes got to choose the weight they wanted for their sport, not the gym. Now, now imagine a, a badminton player or a tennis player or a basketball player training on the court, okay, and how quickly they move. They didn't want pounds of weight. They literally wanted ounces. I had athletes, we would put two or three pounds on, say, a top, and ask them to do some sort of movement drill on the court. And the athlete would just say, this is just heavy again. Why can't it be lighter? I don't need this much. But what I need to do is work at the speed that I'm competing at. I need just enough weight where I can keep my technique. My body isn't disrupted. I'm in control. And I can focus on the ball or I can focus on the shuttle car. And for the audience, remember this one point. This is the most important point. If you disrupt an athlete's focus, you are limiting transference to improvement. Focus is the most important aspect of an athlete's uh, uh, prowess, right? 
And if you and focus comes from physical and mental and whatever limitation you have, if you disrupt focus, whether you're a world champion or not, you're you're going to have a problem. And so we started to realize if we the weight was heavy, like you said, if you take a wrist weight, you put on your wrist, it's one pounds or two pounds, and you punch it. All right, that weight is already starting to move. It's moving around. It's heavy. Your body and your shoulders are wired not for speed; they're wired for protection. As soon as you put that on there, even at a pound level, these muscles tighten. And any combat athlete knows you never want tension here. This is the looseness. All that light rotation and speed through the shoulder comes when this part is relaxed. So you're already working against yourself. And so now imagine if that people would say, well, two ounces doesn't mean anything. And I said, oh, yeah? Have you ever seen how fast a karate athlete moves their hand in competition at full contact? It, you. It moves so fast, most people in the world, including elite exponents, have difficulty knowing who scored first, you know? And that's why contact karate is having difficulty because they're looking at, you know, when you see that exchange, everybody's like, who got the score? And then all of a sudden there's a red light or a green light. And and I think, how did that judge know that? You know, you need video analysis. Yeah. So so anyways, the first thing we found is lightweight moving at speed is critical to improving not strength, but competition specificity, the things that matter in, a, in, 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 a, in an actual competition. And, and then, I think that makes the second so part much that, sense. Sorry, it, be, uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you finish. I want to know the second part. Um, but it yeah, makes so go, much go, go. sense uh, to um, that we don't ever think about, like, if I load something um, in the traditional way and try to do my actual sport. So I heard about your guys' product from a podcast. And I, I researched it and looked and I was like, you know what? I am a, in, in martial arts, I really love the forms side of things. You know, I, the combat side, the sparring and stuff, I yep. like that too. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I really like the, the forms part. And I've always thought uh, like, oh. exactly. Um, and, and I've always thought yeah. like, I need something that, you know, I can, I can get stronger by going to the gym and work on those things. But there's still that aspect of that doing it at 100%. Um, that is different. Yeah. You know, you can build a base level of going to the gym and doing your things or whatever, but there's a, there's a difference in that when I'm doing my form full out the right way. Um, and I, hearing about your guys' product, I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. Um, uh, and I got some and put it on and it's like, oh, I can do my form the way I want to. And it's giving me just that little extra resistance mm. there. And you said it. The way I want to. Now, I want to, I want to also share these. We didn't know this 20 years ago. Nobody in the world knew this, literally, because nobody had ever created a system that could literally pretty much glue weight anywhere we want on the body. Mm-hmm. The way I want to is critical. Remember what I said? And, and this is really important. We had all these gym tools. And those in our level one course, I walked through the history of traditional resistance training. And most people don't realize, you know, an Olympic par and a dumbbell was not created by a sportsman or a sports coach. All these tools came from bodybuilding, weightlifting, and powerlifting. And we took them and said, hey, these guys over there in, that air, in the gym look, look strong. So I think we can use this strength for sports. And we did that for 30 years. And like I said, everybody from a gymnast who's, you know, four foot 11 to a martial arts guy was doing power cleans and bench. And, they're all, and there's this term we call lifting, or you got to lift. Everybody became an American football player, right? And then we started to see at the elite level, people said, wait a minute, we're getting a lot of injuries from this stuff. 
This stuff mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. Why do I have to teach this technique? And guess what? These guys are getting stronger, but they're not winning more. And, and you realize the strength is good and it is improving, but it's not related to performance. So then people we started asking, well, what is performance then? Performance is strength at speed, which is essentially a component of power. And at something like combat sport, as you would know with kata, is you are judged on speed, accuracy, and range of motion, not strength. They don't care how much you squat. Where is that leg? How fast did it get there? And how accurate on the place of the movement of the body? You know, they look at the shape of the form, right? And they, what's yeah, the accuracy sir. of your shape? And, and, and you have to do that. And the person who does it at lightning speed in all those movements is the one who becomes the winner. And these, and you're just moving your limb, right? It would be mm-hmm. different if you were moving your limb and you had a, you know, a 20 pound weight attached to it. Well, then you better get in the gym and do some heavy load. And so, the whole point is you need to be in control and all traditional forms of resistance, heavy weights, free weights, bands, cables, tubings, whatever they are, heavy weight sets, heavy jackets, dumbbells. The, the problem with all of them is the body registers them as external. And because the body sees them as external, it's equipment-defined training, which means the first thing you have to do is figure out, how do I use this in my motion because it's in charge, I'm not. Like if you take a look at, and don't get me wrong, all those tools are good. They all have their place. If you're a young footballer or you're a young athlete who says, I I need to add some weight. I'm just, you know, I'm small. And you think five pounds of muscle is going to help that person become a better athlete? Then you're going to need to go to the gym. You're going to need a good protein and a healthy diet. And you're going to need to add mass. You know, a four ounce weight is not going to do that. But when you talk about needing to get your foot there at high speed, Uh you know, on a high kick. And you've got to get to that angle right there. And the guy who wins is here, and the one who loses is there. And that's it. And you, because the, the judge knows that shape, right? And that has to happen at speed. That's not a question of strength. That's range of motion and high speed strength at extreme range of motion. And that, I can tell you right now, is measured in, as you've already seen, ounces. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be, at the end of the day, when you're talking about transference, you need to be as close to your sport as possible. You need to be as close to your technique as possible, as close to your speed as possible, and 100% on your focus. Because, as again, I'll give an example for combat because we so often use things like a dumbbell. And you see, and I box. I was just telling you about that great sparring session last night. Your body has something called a grip response. If you ever put something in your hands and grip it, This is an evolutionary development, all right? You have a pattern that your body is preparing for. And when you grip something, your body's preparing to do a couple of things, rip it or push it. And they're they're preparing to do that with some level of force, which means the moment you grip, you naturally tighten. You tighten your form. Try gripping even at 20% and not get tight here. It's impossible. And as you know, Combat is softness. And I've like, got to stay loose, got to relax my coach until that last all the, second. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so, like, again, I'm kind of saying that same thing, but getting people to understand that lightweight at high speed where you're in control of the movement, and you said it to do what I want with just enough weight to really tweak the things that matter in competition. Because now you go to 10 people 
at a kata competition. They're probably all pretty good. But the person who wins is going to be doing certain things better. Mm-hmm. And overall, the judges will see that shape, right? They're going to see the speed of their execution, the accuracy of that execution, and the overall balance and stability. And that is the fine-tuning of very specific skill sets. And when we talk about that, if you can't even lift your leg, maybe you need a few leg extensions. But <laughs> once you're through most range of motion, you know, you, it, it gets very specific. And so, like I said, the first most exciting thing we found when we put this on elite athletes was they were self-choosing weights lighter than we ever imagined. And when I say lighter, they were now measuring weights in grams and ounces for training, not pounds and kilograms. And I was, and I was, and I remember being like, holy cow. And, and the number of athletes I would, I would load up with the system and I would put maybe somewhere between like even 1% of body weight or 2% of body weight. Uh, there's a good example from a very elite sprinter. Most of your audience would also know from track and field because we did a lot of work at speed. Justin Gatlin. Justin Gatlin was a famous USA sprinter, best in the world, Olympic world champion. First time we used it with him before he retired. And he's a big, strong guy. You know, I think six foot one, six foot two, 200 pounds, probably can squat 500 pounds on one leg. He put on our suit, put on the shorts. He loaded up about two pounds, right? Doesn't sound like a lot. He put maybe two pounds. And I told him, don't start heavy. I said, start with eight ounces. He just ran down the track and he was there in Florida at the training center with the Nike team. Ran down the track about 70 meters, you know, at about 80% uh, burn. And he walks back and he just starts taking the weight off. And he goes, man, this stuff is heavier than you think. And he ended up with about the weight I told him to start at. (laughs) Because guess what those legs were doing? They were moving at a rotational velocity that most legs in the world can't move. And when you get into air, that weight is there for all that motion. It gets heavy really quick. And, And we hear that kind of story all the time. So yeah. The big point is, I just really want to hit that home, is when you're training for your sport, light is the new heavy. I think that's so fascinating. And for me, in in martial arts, when we're looking at something like forms, you know, traditional techniques where you it's that accuracy, like you said, it's the speed of the technique. And then our combat, um, you know, you get the, you get the people want to you you can work on speed um you know i was just a couple of weeks ago with our grandmaster and he's talking to us you know reminding us over and over again relax tense at the very end yeah. of the te- you know relax tense at the very end of the technique yeah. get it all yeah. um you can't do that with a heavy weight you know you can't work on that no. kind of thing with a heavy weight but there is also Even a, cable. Like a level of yeah, no, exactly. Because you to grab it or to get whatever, you have to start tensing no matter what because it's got so much weight on that. Um, and, and you can max out. You know, we look at our um, in our organization, our, our world champions, our top ten people, our 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 elite, more elite athletes are in our organization. You know, they're at the extent of what you can do of working that speed and attention without adding something, you know, adding some kind of resistance to get it to, to improve. And this system just seems like the perfect thing, you know, um, I guess for, for our, there, there's some people watching, there's some people who are going to listen. Um, it's, you have multiple pieces that you can do. I started myself with the, the calf pieces. Um, Taekwondo is a lot of kicking. So I wanted to start there. Um, 
and I, I started with the calf pieces, um, and then I went to the full forearms. I got these tiny little twig arms, and so I wanted to be more like Bruce Lee and try to, you know, speed those I don't things think up a little bit. Hit by those, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to the to the forearm, or excuse me, I went to the full sleeve ones then too. And uh, I'll tell you, after doing, you know, you you load it up a little bit, and you're right, just like the guy you did it with. Like you, you think you're like. I need to put all of the weights on. I'm going to put all the grams I got yeah. on these things. Um, but man, you get, you throw some things and you're like, okay, wait a second. You know, uh, it, it's different. And even there's um, instructions in it about like where you're loading, you know, uh, yeah. towards the inside of the body, towards the outside of the body, lower on the limb, higher on the limb um, to affect different yep. things. Yeah. And this is kind of, excitement point number two for me because people always ask you know what are the things you learn number one thing is that light is way more important than heavy when it comes to skill and again talking about what you mentioned with punse is it's not just speed that wins in a form sport either because speed without technique there's lots of very quick athletes but they're not number one it's the person uh-huh. who applies that speed into a system with an outcome of a form that the judges recognize as good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so now it's tied to skill, right? It's fine, fine motor control, high speed, fine motor control. So it's not just speed. And that's like I was saying, that's why if it was just a speed tool and you're saying, okay, put this on and try and go as fast as you can, you would just be doing another thing that probably won't help you because the focus on your technique has to be there. And again, I use that word focus. The second thing we found exciting on the journey, and maybe the most exciting thing, when we started putting weight on the body, we didn't realize this at all, but where you put the load is almost more important than how much load you put on. And the scenario I used to describe that was well, just for the audience to understand that, and I think many people already will, but all movement is rotational, right? And mm-hmm. that's something to understand. And when you put, when you add a moment or inertia or momentum into a rotational system, something changes. Now, if you take a look at a punch, this is a linear punch, right? What you see, the outcome is linear. That is a fist coming on a very straight line, boom, all right? But it's a, this is a rotation at the shoulder. Hmm. Yes, yes sir. the shoulder is rotating. Yeah. The elbow is rotating. The wrist joint is rotating, probably staying a bit stable. But the and this is also an internal rotation. All movement's rotation. There's no linear movement in the body. It's always rotating around a joint. And when you start adding weight in certain places, you affect how those joints rotate. Now, here's the example. And so now I'll go back to the example of tying that in with lightweight. You've got your beautiful car there. And all of a sudden, you're driving down the road, and you notice the steering's a little wobbly. And you're like, I got to go in and get those tires balanced. Right? They're a little bit off. So now think about what they do. And this is fascinating. They go to the mechanic shop. They take off that tire. They put it onto that system. There's a computer you know, trap in a little box system. They put the lid down, presses the button, and the computer analyzes where the whiff is, right? Somewhere on that tire, mm-hmm. something's off. And that's about a 50, 60-pound tire on a metal rim around a central point of rotation. And then the computer tells them, take a weight about the size of your fingertip put it right there on the rim and re- retest it. And then all of a sudden, that whiff is gone. That tiny weight at moving at high speed has fixed 
and changed everything. Now that's the scenario with throwing a high speed punch. Let's say you're not what we're we're just this is a really important one that we're doing a lot of work on right now. And that is on shoulder release because people get tight, people get injuries through the shoulder and they no longer get released through the shoulder. Baseball, throwing, combat, all the sports that throw an arm at a very high speed. And generally that means it's a whip from the hip, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's where all that motion and power comes from. Very few sports, very few sports lock the hip and move the arms. And so what we're doing now is we're putting small loads on the body just to help the person release the shoulder because they've already got strength, strength, they've got speed, they've got skill, but that shoulder that won't release is limiting that. So we can put a load in a certain position on the front or sometimes the back or the outside of the shoulder that literally just helps their body create the momentum that allows that shoulder and the scapula just to relax. People be wondering, well, how would you do that? And it's as simple as putting the weight on the part of the body that's affected. Now, here's now, I, I, as you know, I, I put this on. Maybe I can do an yeah. actual demo on this on like an internal or external. So, yeah, you that'd said be great. Loads. So, this is, this, this, yeah, now this is the dumbbell of the future, right? So, for our audience there, this is one of our weights, our micro loads. This is a four ounce load, okay? About 100 grams. Says, I think, 100 grams on the back there somewhere. Yeah. Yes, sir. But most yeah. important, you notice how slim that is. And you see how that thing moves. So when you apply it, and then you have various pieces of kit. This is one of our forearm sleeves. Very nice, simple compression sleeve goes on the forearm. This is a really, this is my, this is my kit. I actually use this for my hand speed all the time with my gloves on. Because you can work it without any restriction on combat. So whether I'm sparring with somebody on the bag, on the pads. Oops, sorry, guys. You know, number one thing is we made the kit something you can use in your sports, not something you go to the gym, train there, and come back. Now, these are that's a that's an eight ounce panel, all right. And again, you see how these things bend, and they bend, twist, turn. So when you put them on the body, they literally look like that. I'm just going to put a load here. Now that's not going anywhere, as you've seen. It's pretty bulletproof too. That stuff yeah. is solid. Uh, yeah. The system oh, yeah. No, we developed. They're, they're- it's a very They're unique tough to take off when you're you're trying to take them off. Yeah, right. You got to work that, and you know we made yeah. them to be bulletproof. Now let's talk oh, yeah, about no, that it works shape great. because this is the fascinating thing. That arrow is telling you what gravity is doing. Okay, so if we take a look at this, now if I hold that piece there, the thin part of the weight, gravity is acting on that thin part of the weight, right? And you can see gravity's pulling that somewhat. Now watch when I hold this piece. You've got almost a 60% more amount of gravity working on the bigger end of the weight. On the other end. And people would think, well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, we spent seven years getting this shape right because we started to discover this. So now think about this. Think of, I could feel it already. Look at what that arrow is telling you. That arrow is telling you that weight, gravity's pulling here a little bit. So it feels balanced. It doesn't feel like a dumbbell, but it's pulling here a lot. And right now I could literally feel it's externally rotating my hand. Mm-hmm. So if you put, now you think of something like combat. And a lot of times what we work is there's a bit of rotation on that punch, right? You want a nice square punch. And if somebody couldn't feel that rotation, like tennis, like golf, we can take that load. We put it on the inside of the arm. Now that, that load tells you what's, where gravity is going to work the moment you throw that punch. 
that weight is rotating my arm inside. I'm not even doing that. You know, it's naturally doing that. And you felt this. So mm-hmm. if you had an athlete who doesn't even know the right technique, we can put weights on the body to help them feel the technique that's proper. So if you had somebody punching, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I can feel my arms turning inside. Great. Now, if I take that weight off, can you turn that in on your own? And this is the concept of what we call coaching cues. Coaches are constantly telling the athlete what the shape should look like. And, you know, and a coach will literally take the arm and say, no, I want this. I want you to rotate. Do that. Do that. Do that. And then they take their hand off and then you go to punch and then you don't do that. You're like, yeah, I'm not sure how. There's, there's some level of awareness that's not working. And this is a very simple case, but it works. So the coach now just says, Joe, I just put that weight on the inside. I leave it there and I say, just punch. I'm not telling you anything else. I don't have to give you the instruction because now the weight has pulled them into that position. And then, and you see this all the time. And even, yeah, it's feedback. It's feedback. It's relative and called internal feedback. And so now the athlete's like, oh yeah, I can feel that. So now once they learn to feel it, then we think, all right, but we have to make those internal radars a rotator strong. So we put the weight on the outside. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, now it's not, I can't rotate. The weight is stopping me. And we say, good. Now throw your punch and work against the weight, like weight training. Force that rotation, force it, force it. Now I'm working internal rotators in a very specific skill set with my glove on the pads, on the bag, in the actual motion. And I'm working it within my skill. And four weeks later, you take that load off and pound. Now, I'll give you a very high-level example of this. I won't tell you who it was, but one of the top UFC-level MMA, 1FC, heavyweight champions of the world. We just did this in his training program. And it was kind of a secret program. And his only problem was he had had a shoulder injury. Everything else was good. But his left hook is his power. And as you know, in a left hook, there's a pronation, right? There's a mm-hmm. external rotation. So he needs he needed to get the hand here. But when you rupture a bicep, you get a severe limitation in your ability to rotate the arm out. So guess what we were working on for four to six weeks? Just allowing him to get very high speed strength in his external rotation. So that left hook was coming around with high power and authority because that's his confidence punch. And for anybody who's been in combat, you will know I get that, you know, because you might have a front kick or you'll have a back kick or there's something that you know and your opponent knows, I got to watch out for that. Now, uh-huh. if that yeah. opponent, if, that, if that's gone, you lose a serious advantage in that fight. And so we were working on his ability to keep his hand externally rotated in that nice square solid position so that he could throw that left, that left hook with the authority he always had. And everything else on him was good. Of course, there was speed work and footwork we did. So what's happening today, again, with these micro loads. So we, our smallest one is two ounces. This is four. This is eight. And the biggest ones are 12. Is we're combining the load together with technique, together with the coach. So you're getting high speed resistance, enough to push speed to a new level but also to tweak and improve and work within the technique you're trying to improve. And this this is what's made a game changer. And so if you ask me, you have this toolbox. you got the heavy gym stuff, which will give you you your big base strength. If you're a rugby player or a football player, you kind of need some of that. 
Then we've got the medium range stuff like the cables and the bands and the light dumbbells and maybe some version of uh, kettlebells and that that give you some you know body functional strength at a more fast speed. But for the first time, we literally have a high speed tool. And but it took us so long to understand that when you said high speed, it had to allow improvement and focus on technique. And 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 I think in my in my experience now in strength and conditioning with with every kind of athlete you can imagine is for the first time in history, we have a complete toolbox. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a neat, um, addition to, to training and, uh, just the, the understanding how to utilize it. I think, uh, for someone like myself who I'm still just playing with it, trying to figure it out, um, then to learn how to use it best to help coach my athletes. You know, like you said, I, the examples yep. you just gave there about where, how you're putting it in, uh, internally or externally to help that, help them feel it versus then give them resistance for it to build it after they've learned it. Um, and then I assume, um, lower on the limb is going to, is, it gives you higher resistance because it's further from the yeah. core and the, the main stuff yeah. and higher up. So I would start probably if I'm working on building um, after learning, you know, if I don't need any of the cues, if I'm not working on anything like that, I'm yeah. probably starting higher up um, and then moving down as I'm improving that speed, at, you know, yeah. at full power and stuff. You're up. And that's it. So there's, so we kind of have developed, there's six biomechanical patterns to load. And it might sound kind of complicated, but it's actually not. And as you also know, Zach, when you put it on, whatever that's coming out of my mouth right now, when you put it on and feel it, it all just kind of goes, oh, I get it. I can feel that. Literally. Yeah. Correct? It's, yes, sir. It's yeah. not. So you were just mentioning. Yeah. So, so we talk about, so I showed you like an external load. That's where the load's to the outside of the body mm -hmm. or internal. And that's when you have mechanical, technical issues we want to work a lot. Like like I said, with those USA track and field guys and girls, we were doing some of that on the starts where their legs get away from them coming out of the blocks. And that can get pretty technical, but you will feel that. But one of the, the number one places we start loading is exactly what we said, what we call proximal or near or distal or far. So any when a weight is placed near the joint, it feels lighter. And we use that for mm. speed. When it's far away from the rotating joint, it feels heavier. And it's that old scenario, you know, if someone pushes your hand down when your arm is away from your body, it's very weak, right? You, know, you can almost use your fingers to push it. But if I try to push your shoulder down here, you can't budge that. And that's your lever arm. That comes down to biomechanics of levers. So if we were working on speed with this forearm, we would want the weight to be up near the elbow because that's the rotating joint. And you notice now my wrist is very soft and free. Pop, pop, pop. But I have to create momentum, more momentum with the body because that load's there. So that starting speed gets fast, but that terminal velocity is just a whip. Now, if you had a different sport, and because like, like something like karate, even though it's contact, it's, it's light contact. But if you were mm -hmm. trying to knock somebody out and you, wanted, and you were a young athlete, had all the speed in the world, and this is common, super fast but they don't have that power that they want the opponent to feel. Then you just, you work distally. You work close to the wrist. Now it's almost like that dumbbell, but without that reactive response of a dumbbell. And two, you could put your wraps on and put your gloves on and hit the bag. Now that weight's down here. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and same. Now, I'm going to tell people this. We did the research on all of this. And if you go into our website, you'll see over 30, 35 studies that we've, we've published, probably more than any other sport technology company. Most companies just find research that's been done and they claim fame to it. We did the research. And we know that when a load moves just from here, from the elbow to the wrist, guess what percentage of load increase that is? Uh, you, uh, it's got to be more than 25, I think it is. It's 25 to 30, up to 35% more load, just moving wow. that 15, 10, 15 inches. And so think of increasing your squat by 25%. That's, <laughs> if, you're, if you've got a 200-pound squat, now all of a sudden you're at 250. So yeah. it's significant, but again, at high speed. At high, and that's the critical thing. And anybody who's listening right now that's ever thrown a dumbbell in their hand, they're like, oh, I get it. Even if I take a one-pound dumbbell or a two or a three-pound, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to throw that very hard because your shoulders, mm -hmm. well, it's not going to be there, is it? You know? Yes, sir. And so, so if you're working on power, we generally tell people work distal, work far away from those rotating joints. If you're working on speed, you load right near that joint. And then Makes the last sense. part we talk about with people, yeah, you've got an internal and external sort of a distal far away or proximal. And the last one is sort of anterior and posterior, like where you'd load on the front of the body versus the back of the body. And some athletes, it depends what's happening. If you're, like I said, if you're not getting reach, if, and a lot of times for some, like combat, some people sit far back and some do it because they're cautious they don't like to be hit but they sort of sit in that position we can load them in the front just to get them to be more aware of coming forward being more aggressive and not getting out of position defensively others that want to feel more power being thrown like in a cross rotation or like pulling back will will rotate along the posterior chain or the back of the body to stimulate more of the muscle that's coming and then like an extension movement Almost and, like you're getting the, pushed forward the while the you're punching is, or anything like that. Yeah, that makes yes, sense. Yes, yes. Or like you, you think, you think of like a jab. Like a lot of times you take, you know, there's you, your basic jab is a static jab, a one step jab, and a one two step, right? So for people that aren't confident in some of that step, where the now you get that weight behind it, is we can load for that. And mm -hmm. so again, you notice what about our conversation? We're not talking about just we're not talking about being strong here. We're talking about the things that any athlete right now who's in combat is listening to is saying, hey, I got that problem. Oh, yeah, I got that problem. Yeah, I've got that problem. And, and the problem isn't I'm weak. The problem is somewhere in their technique, they're trying to work on things right now, and their coach knows their problem. They know their problem. And we can, we can get into that now. And I think the right thing to do, though, for most people, just remember, is start simple. You yeah. don't need a full suit. Like for combat, it's primary you know, lower leg and, and calf, like calves and forearms, like you said. Once you start there and feel that, you start working your footwork, whether it's the kicks, your handwork, your defenses. Once you get a feeling of that, it's kind of like the new ankle weight or wrist weight. That's a simple place to start. You see how easy these are. You know, you just put them on or slide them off. You're done training. And then once that weight comes off, as you felt, like even now, I had that weight on there for a couple of minutes. It's just so light. Yeah, you can tell the difference. Well, I, I think a lot of our athletes are going to be very interested in this product. Where would we send them to uh, to find out more? And uh, if they want to purchase a set, um, where would they go? Yeah, tell them, just go to Leela Team, L-I-L-A, LeelaTeam.com. That's the website. Awesome. There's a ton of information there. 
And also the Leela Plus app has, it's out, it's free, it's on Android and Apple. And there's programs in there to get you started in combat, team sports, you name it. So yeah, uh, it, it, and there's a lot of information there. And also there's a place to reach out if you've got some questions. We get it's new. There's a lot of people that we talk to on a daily basis. We're, you know, we're a sport company full of coaches and and um, and we, I certainly love doing that. So you can reach out there and um, learn a little bit more. But like I said, if you're, if you, if you're looking to put that oomph in your game, I think we've we've developed a tool that really helps put that over the edge. You know, I was there Yeah. Uh, three weeks ago, I was with a guy named Vitor, Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort was, you know, <laughs> a hall of famer at the UFC and we yeah. did some training and he was just like, Joe, Joe, why didn't you invent this 20 years ago, Joe? You know? And I was like, Vitor, I know, man. I'm, I'm I tried. Just, it was because as soon as you it. feel that on the body. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I said, and, and what I, I just want to hit that home. It's a tool in the toolbox. It doesn't replace everything else, but it has an incredible ability to get into the technical and physical problems that matter when it comes to what you do in competition or form or the actual sport and, and keep its value there. And, and yeah, we'd love to reach out and connect more with people. Yeah, I, I'm going to, we'll put the, the links in the show notes, make sure people know where to go to definitely check it out. Um, I think it's an amazing tool to have in the toolbox, really a neat thing to really take our training to the next level and be smarter with our training. I, you know, I think more and more, the yeah. smarter we can be with our training, um, you know, where we're not doing dumb things, injuring ourselves, whatever this, I think, and it fits so well with um, the kind of movements that are in martial arts and combat sports, like you guys said. And that's why one of the things I loved when I saw it was like, hey, you guys work with combat sport athletes that I, there's not a lot out there that is uh, sport specific for martial artists. Um, there's more for yeah. like the the MMA guys nowadays, you know, that's a big, there's a lot out there, but I can see how this fits right in with the traditional side as well, which, I mean, you just don't see any advancements in training in a traditional martial arts that much. That's outside of the, uh, what also is really nice, that this is outside of the, the high tech world. You know, it's not a smart vest. It's not a, you know, thing like that. And there's some neat things in that, but that's not. not giving you your sleep uh, patterns in the middle of the night. And those things are yeah. great, but those are the one point one percent. This is, we're talking about the 80% here. This is weight training in your sport that immediately impacts performance. And, and yeah. I think that's a good point. It's just weight training. People, if you're listening, these are just weights. But like the guy from the NFL said, Man, every coach in the world and martial arts guys are famous for devising their own sandbags and tape weights. <laughs> and they, all the combat guys in the world, and you see the old Chinese, you know, Shaolin Kung Fu, Kung Fu hustle. They've got the, the, the metal bands on the arms the metal and bands, the rings. Yeah. They've been creating, yeah, they've been creating weighted ways to add speed and movement. And he said, you know, everybody's tried to do that. You guys figured it out but it's going to take us some time to use it. So, and I do think that's important is it's a tool in your toolbox, but you can add it into your training. And I just want to make this last point because I think it's really important, especially in today's time poor world. Many of the best programs in the world are coming to us now because they don't have time anymore. Paris Saint-Germain is one of the biggest football teams on the planet. You know, they've got all those, I had Messi, but they've got Neymar, Mbappe, and all these guys. When they called us, they said, Joe, we don't even have time to go to the gym once a week, but we are losing strength throughout the year. We have injury issues coming because of that. 
can we wear your kit while they're on the field doing football to keep strength? And I said, of course. And so that's one of the first areas they looked at. So we did the studies in combat already. And we looked at athletes in combat who used our kit in their combat training. So in their warm up and their bag work and their skill work in the, in that session already versus people that added gym training after their training. So they even had more training and the combat guys using exogen at way higher speeds and power in all their kicks and punches and all their movement measures that mattered to performance in martial art versus the people that did extra training with weight training. And so, you know, this is the perfect thing. You put it on for 20, 25 minutes at the start of training in the dojo, go through all your conditioning exercise, your speed exercise, then you just strip it off and you go to work. I love it. I, I think it's super cool. I think it's uh, something that uh, I, we haven't talked about in the martial arts industry, the, the traditional side of things. Um, so I'm super excited for people to hear about this and give us some feedback um, and go out cool. and try it. So uh, I want to thank you for your time today, sir. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, and, uh, we'll, uh, make sure we send people over to the site. Yeah, that's great. And again, reach out. I'd love to do this again with you, Zach, so much. Thank you so much for reaching out. Listener feedback. ATA Nation, I hope you found that uh, interesting. Um, really, what I want is some feedback from you guys. Let me know what you thought. Okay, what what do you think about this? Uh, are you gonna go check it out? And uh, let me know. Okay, because we love to hear from you guys. We love to hear that feedback. Um, hit us up on um, the DMs on Instagram, uh, ATA Nation Podcast. You can find us out there. We're putting the reels out, making sure people are checking things out. So uh, do us another big favor and share this episode with a friend. Um, share any of our past episodes. We've got some more uh, awesome guests coming up. We've got nationals coming up, all kinds of great things. So make sure that you're uh, including um, the, your friends out there, make sure they know what's going on. We would love them to be part of the podcast network. Now, also make sure you head over to atama.ninja slash uncut to make sure you're getting your weekly trading card drops, getting ready to drop the one from last week about our um, uh, real talk about tournaments. So make sure you check that out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, make sure you're out there taking action. Thanks for listening to another episode of the ATA Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share with your ATA family. Man, guys, episode 91, we are nine episodes away from a hundred episodes of the ATA Nation podcast, that is amazing. Um, we got some cool interviews going on um, in the in the future. You got to see when we can get everybody booked. But I've talked to uh, Senior Master Taekwon Lee about jumping on. Um, Grandmaster Crusoe wants to come back on. We'd love to have him back. And I've talked to Grandmaster MK, and he is definitely uh, wanting to be on. And we've got some stuff I want to do with him. Uh, we just got to coordinate schedules and stuff. That's a tough thing. Everybody's everybody's busy. So uh, we got some great things coming. Let me know who you would like to hear from. Okay, guys, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.